So, Paul, you're going to take the roving mic, and I believe you've got some people who want to ask some questions to Richard. I'm guessing one of them might be who are these three players, but it's just there on the on the front there, Paul. One of them is who are the three players, but we'll <laughs> we'll uh, gloss over that. And we've got a few Mills-related questions as well. Start. Don't forget we're close at 11 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to pass the mic to the people who want yeah, it to Yeah, start over it? here. Do you want to say your name and then say your question? Hi, uh, yeah, Tom. Um, yeah, cheers for this, Richard. And guys, it's been brilliant. Um, I mumbled my way through the question to this man, so I'm going to make a worse job of it now. But what, what, one of the things I'm really interested in, Richard, when, I mean, I'm presuming there was a drinking culture under Mills because everyone knows about it. What, what's really interesting is how do you think that affected different players when they went out onto pitch if they couldn't take the drink? Because there was some interesting stuff with Rooney up in Scotland saying he couldn't match parking for beers and stuff. Do you think that really absolutely just destroyed the ability of the team to perform on the day? Um, I think the old school lads can probably take it, but the probably the answer to your question is. The day that I went in the second spell on the mills on the Thursday and he tried to get me in with the youth team on the Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the boys, the first team, were travelling to Dover. I come back in training the Monday morning and as per, Big John was sat in the corner, not a stitch on, reading the Daily Star. And Good, cro- good crossword on a Saturday. <laughs> I don't think he was doing the crossword. Like He hadn't got past page three. <laughs> um, Big John was sat in the corner and his... And that's someone who can drink, by the way. Big John said, those nine pints fucked me Saturday, eh, Friday on a Saturday afternoon. So if he's saying it, for me, look, I'm a believer in in everyone knows their own bodies. You know, I, you know. sometimes, I mean, I like a drink more than anyone. I've never drank before a game, Thursday, Friday, but, but it affects players in different ways. But at, at the same time, you go back to his team that won the league, he done it with them, so... Uh, how do you sort of compromise? Okay, thanks for your question. Next one, no, Paul. Yeah, thank you. Cheers. No problem. Pleasure. Some interesting ones. Um, so, in the second spell, when you play for York, who was the best player you played with? Obviously, that team got relegated, so who was the best? In the second spell? Oh, dear. By the way, that was a big squad, wasn't it? He went and got a lot of young lads and... He went down the non-league route, which, and listen, I like Jackie. I know some of you might not, but he was very, very good with me. And maybe he did the wrong thing by going the way that he did. Um, the second spell, just been talking about it there. Um, how well Sean Rooney done, by the way? For, you know, gone on to what he's done, and <laughs> well, probably yeah. In uh, Connolly was. Was was different class, but too many injuries again and again. It's going back to the younger mentality. It it seems to be, you know, I've had a, I've had a pint after every game since I've played since I was nineteen. They're now all into protein shakes and all this rubbish, and I've never had a hamstring injury. So I think sometimes it's in Lucas Aids, and I think it's in people's heads a lot of the time. You know, because these big stars have got hamstring injuries, they think that they're going to have one. And Aiden was different class, and he could win a game, but again, injured it all the time. So I'd probably I'd, I'd I'd give it Aiden and Sean between them, but probably more Aiden. But as for Sean and what he's went and done, and being a credit to him, to be honest. Okay, next one, Paul. 
Hi there, Richard. Thank you, you okay? for coming. Um, no pleasure. The best goalkeeper you played with and against? Oh, listen, right. So, Dan asked me to name my best 11, okay? And I was going to name my best 11, and I don't know if he's still going to ask me or not. I was going to leave the goalkeeper to last, because I'm in a real predicament. I've been very, very lucky in that respect, um, as far as goalkeepers are concerned. I'll leave one to last. So, you're talking about Crawley, you're talking about Michelle Kuypers, who's played championship for Brighton, um, allegedly on £5,000 a week. He was 39 when he was at Crawley, so... His number two was Scott Shearer, again, Mansfield, Wickham, very, very good, domineering character. Scotty Davis, I won the conference with at Fleetwood, great goalkeeper, gone on to captain Tramier in League One. Barry Roach at Morecambe, captain, now goalkeeper, coach at Morecambe, and obviously the obvious one, oh, I've missed Adam Bartlett out, a gated, Bart was brilliant, and then the obvious one, Michael Ingham, who I... I spent the majority of my career with. So I've got six there, and I'm in a real predicament. In me, in me best team, probably a little bit more because I played with them more, I, I narrowed it down to Ingi. He snuck in as number one. And on my subs bench, I've got Scotty Davis. Um, like I said, very, very lucky as respect to, to playing with good goalkeepers. And, and that's, that's not common, really, is it? Usually the goalkeeper's the one where people struggle. So... I, Ingy was very good. Ingy really was very good, but so was so was Scotty, and so were the rest of them. Um, and you know, I've given it to Ingy, but there's three in there who I've won the league with. Um, I just played a lot longer with Ingy. And then, if you remember, don't know if you went when I went to Morecambe. Um, we played York at Morecambe. We got a penalty, and I thought, dear, this is cat and mouse. I've ever been cat and mouse because Ingy knew where I was going to go. And I knew where I was going to go, but I'm thinking, will Ingy think that I'm going to change? Or will he think that I'm going to go the way that I've always went? And that was actually my first football league goal. It was a penalty. He actually, I actually went the other way, and Ingy went the other way, but it went underneath him. But yeah, so uh, I have to say Ingy, to be honest. Sorry? And played against as well. Played against? Oh dear. Would it be Mark Tyler, Luton? Mark Tyler, but you go to... Um, when I went to Old Trafford with Crawley, uh, Lingard was in goal. Um, he didn't get anywhere near my header, but the crossbar did. <laughs> but you've got to say, that, you know, Lingard in the in the Premier League, um, he, he was good, although we didn't really test him a lot. No problem. Thank you. That's Anders Lingard, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. 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 Not Jesse. Yeah. No, not Jesse, <laughs> no. Oh. Hi, Richard. You okay? Dave Cooper here. Uh, questions from the past and questions for the future, really. Go on. Uh, who did you enjoy playing up front with most? At first, let me split the question. At York and probably elsewhere. Okay, right. Thank. Uh, yeah. Um, at York, I've got to say, I've got to say, Ranks. As much as people can call him, Ranks was hard work, and I've seen him. On the coach to away games, and we all, we used to sit at the back and play cards. Um, and I've seen him on the coach on a Friday. Fucking eat a pack of Pringles, eat some Star Mix, Haribo, eat more chocolate, and you think, Ranks, I'm saying to him because you knew, again, going back to knowing your body, you knew he couldn't do it on a Saturday if he ate too much. But that was him, and and I get it, it was boredom eating. But if he ate too much, he couldn't move on a Saturday. He had to be, he had to be very 
careful on what he ate on a Friday. But he doesn't get enough... People talk about my 37 goals that season. He, he doesn't get enough credit for being a bit of a, a, a battering ram and, and taking a lot of pressure off, off what I did. Um, and I, I I do see him and I'd, I've, I've thanked him for that. But I know he didn't chip in with a lot of goals, but he did chip in with goals and he probably felt hard done by because of, of the, the goals I was scoring. So it <laughs> it has to be ranks. But going back to... There was ranks and gash. There was myself, ranks, gashy, and Richard Paquette at the time, and we had Jimmy Sangari, Jimmy, call him Jimmy, it's easier, um, and they were all overweight, and they used to have to come in early, and we used to, um, Foyle used to have them in earlier, and they have to do laps, at fat burner. So we used to call it Fat Club. What time's Fat Club in in the morning? Um, and he used to make them run around just to get the weight down, which is the only way to do it. But yeah, Michael Rankin at York, and then. The obvious one's Jamie Vardy, isn't it? At, at Fleetwood. Uh, yeah. My God. Um, not not my cup of tea as a person, shall I say. Um, I judge people on whether this is you think this is right or wrong. I judge people on would you like to be sat in the company having a drink or having a coffee with them. I judge people like that. I don't like people could call someone to me. I don't agree with that. I find out people for myself. Um Vard's not my cup of tea at all, um, but what a player. Like, I, we played a 4-4-1-1, and I was the nine, and he was the one in behind, and he knew if it was coming into me, I could flick it, and he was there, or I could chest it. My touch didn't even have to be great, um, and that was the year I was going through my transition of being, I was the Vardy two years ago that was going in behind. All of a sudden, I'm now the target man, uh, but your touch was there, and he was on it like a shot. He could finish with both feet on the move, just incredible, and for what he's gone on and done, you know, he was on eight hundred pound a week at Fleetwood. Three weeks later, he was on ten grand a week. Um, but again, you know, the stories you hear about. I don't want to slag him off because he's been phenomenal, but not my cup of tea. I noticed in his in his book, I think he mentions you. I don't know if you've read his autobiography. I believe so. Yeah. I think it was an away game you played for uh, Fleetwood at Luton. Luton. Yeah, Luton. I was just going to say yeah, what it was Luton, yeah. and he he said that it was a bit of sort of commotion in the tunnel that. Because I scored and I, I went and slid in front of the Luton fans by the tunnel when I scored. I just wanted to get them back a little bit for what and That seems to fair me. enough to me. So, it was, again, tell T why that was my fault as well, but he wasn't <laughs> there. But um, a little story, and I don't really want this to get out, but he actually owes me 120 quid, Jamie Vardy. 120 pounds. We'll 120 pounds it does. I'll get, it back when, uh, I'll get it back when we go to the cash machine. That was in 2010. <laughs> I'm sure he's been in the cash machine since. <laughs> Just got another question, Richard. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned earlier Steve Watson, somebody of you obviously know, and obviously all the guys in here were all interested about, you know, Steve Watson, can he be the man for us? He's had three seasons, we've never completed one uh, yet. Or sorry, he's in his third season. Yeah. You know, do you really believe he can do it yeah. for us? Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt him for one minute. I wouldn't, Listen, I'm a fan like yourselves now. I, I the first result I look for is, is is York City after Sunderland. You know the first. I don't not too much bother about me other clubs, but he he's he's played at the best level possible. Uh, he's played in the Champions League. He's marked the best players possible. He's got the experience, but he's also got he's he's from the northeast. To go back to the northeast, he's been brought up properly, and he he takes time to 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 talk to you as a person and get to know people. 
when I was at Scammersdale last year, we played Harrogate in the cup, and he sent me a text. Uh, uh, good luck, bro. Sorry, can't get there. Um, with COVID, there was no fans. He only lives around the corner. Um, so give him time. And and listen, I was talking before, and if it hadn't have been for COVID, I think you would have beat Kingsland to the league anyway. Hi, Richard. Uh, just touch on the Gary Mills thing. What was Go your on. relationship with Gary Mills? Was it, was it just like a, a clash, a, a personality clash? Or I don't or know. Did you just I, don't, I don't know. This this yeah. is one that we could be at eleven o'clock, by the way. But I I, I, gen, I don't really want to talk about. I can't understand to this day why, and it beats me up. It's the only thing. Well, it's not. There's two things. It's, it's one thing that beats me up every day. Still, I don't get it, and I don't think I ever will, because he was a liar. So, just tell me the truth, Gaffer. That's all I wanted was the truth. Don't fancy me, fair enough. You come, you come to Gateshead. I was gone in ten days. Foyley took me to Hereford, and uh, that Sunday when he come in the, the training session in between the two Kers and Ashton games. Uh, I remember walking past the secretary's office, and it was Millsy was one to five on in the bookies, and I think Mark Yates was one to two. Anyway, I said to Lisa, please, and she went, yeah. And I seemed to be the butt of all these jokes, and it was it was horrible. It was a horrible, horrible situation to be in. Um, he made a joke at, at Gateshead. He'd come in and in the dressing room, and he was linked heavily with the Forest Green job, and he pulled us all in the dressing room and brought the non-league paper in, again, all about him. You'll see, lads, I'm on the front of the paper. Um, I'm not going anywhere. Some of you will be pleased. Some of you won't. Won't you not, Broads? And I thought, why? You know, there's no need. Comes to Gated, it comes to York, the second spell. His first game in charge properly was the Chester game on the Saturday. I scored two of my last two, the only two goals a football club had scored. And I was the club's top scorer. So it tells me, my granny could have picked the team. And you, you put your top scorer on the side, don't you? Simple as that, regardless of who you are. Anyway, you come in the dressing room and you walked in 20 to 2 as per. And he said, uh, see my new shoes, broads. And I thought, I didn't want to look at them. I can't stand them. I can't stand to look at them, listen to them. And I didn't listen to the team because I just thought I was going to be in it. So then you go on loan and you come back from your loan spell. And this is what I was talking about before, the, the, the story. And I, I go into his office and say, Gaffer, look. This was the Thursday before Dover on the Saturday. I said, Gaffer, look. I said, I'm the club's top scorer. Right, and I was the club's top scorer when I left in October to go for two months at, at Macclesfield. I said, I had a bit of paper. I said, I've come back, I'm still the club's top scorer. I said, you aren't in a very good position. I said, you've brought X, Y, Z. He'd brought six players in, a lot on loan from Sheffield. He'd used Scott Fenwick, he'd used uh, Jake Wright, and there was two others. I had them wrote down on the bit of paper. I said, you've brought six players in in the time I've been away. And all six of them haven't scored the goals I've had. I said, so he went, get out of my office. I said, he went, get out. And then I, 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 I got out. Anyway, this is the one. And again, God's honest truth. My phone rings, I'm coming through Chorley. And it was uh, Alan Lua, um, who was, oh, he said, come and train with the youth team Thursday, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I said, Gaffer, I said, I can't come in Thursday, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I said, I've got an appointment at the hospital with my missus on the Friday morning. <laughs> he went, uh, well, you're in. He went, I said, I can't. And 
I'll tell you later on. So phone rings, Alan Lua halfway home. Mills, he's told me. Alan Lua's his mate, by the way. Mills, he's told me you, you want to sign for Banger. I said, Banger? I said, I don't know anything about it. He went, he's just rang me and told me. I said, but I've just left his office an hour ago. He kicked me out. I said, so I didn't know anything about Banger. <laughs> so I said, why can't Millsy phone me himself and tell me? Or why didn't he tell us in the office? Why not now? Anyway, this Alan Lua phones Millsy. The phone rings again. And he went, Millsy said, and honestly, I lost my head. I thought, <laughs> I thought, Millsy said, I, th- I thought to myself, can Millsy not tell me? T-? Millsy said, and this is on my children's life, Millsy said, you can go to the hospital with your missus if you take a thousand pound of your contract and leave. I had something like 10, 12,000 left on my contract. What? Anyway, my missus had a miscarriage and I told him that. We had a miss, and that, that were his words. And that Sunday, they got back. We were training Monday morning and I phoned Kasky. I phoned Millsy. No answer. They wanted me to be late for training so they could find us. And I remember walking in and Foyley, I phoned Foyley, I went, what should I do? He said, text them. So you've got evidence. Text them both. What time's training? If they don't reply, you've got paper evidence. I'll come in the Monday training. And he come past me, Millsy, and he went like that to give me a high five. <laughs> I just went, I pushed him and just carried on running. We ended up having a conversation later on. And I said, Gaffer, look, this is getting stupid now. I said, it's quite obvious that supporters love you some supporters love you it's quite obvious that some supporters like myself I said so put things aside and between the two of us can we not can we not try and make this work because this club is in is in the shit let's be honest and he didn't have any of it and I still don't know this day why done nothing wrong never you know just so so strange kid so do, I'm not do you t- think because you mentioned earlier about um Coming, trying to come back on loan and, and Gary was sort of pro that wasn't he at the time do you think maybe Steve Evans might have spun him along because you said that yeah. that kind of Steve when you when you were kind of available for transfer he said there was 10 clubs interested yeah. but you could only talk to three I just wonder whether he he maybe possibly spun yeah. something and maybe that's what it was you know because the thing is with me like I've obviously interviewed both of you and Gary Part of his kind of ethos really is that man management, and that and all the players I've interviewed that have been part of those promotion sides talk about that sort of caring side. That, that's obviously the opposite of what you've yeah. experienced, and it yeah. just seems weird that that doesn't add up. That, that I, possibly that might be a, you know, I, 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 I honestly it it still you know still winds me up now because I, I just do not know the reason. And I'm saying maybe I'd like to ask him. You know, maybe one day I, I will see him, and but he'll be all nice then. And the way I was treated, and what I've said is nothing but the truth. And listen, I know he got you promoted, you know, well done. And the second spell coming back, and that's why I said to him, we can make this work. We're both, we're both liked by the football club. We both obviously love the football club because that's why you've come back, and that's why I've come back. Let's just make it work. If you don't like me, you don't like me. But end of the day, it's in black and white, and I'm the club's top goalscorer. So why wouldn't you play me? And he get out of my office. So is uh, do another some questions, Paul? Yeah, I've been uh, through everyone who wants to ask a question, but there's an interesting second question from here. Hindsight, um, you know, hindsight's a fantastic word. I've made mistakes in business. I think everybody's made mistakes. If you could go back to being a teenager, would you do things differently in your professional Yeah, yeah, would have. Um, some things, not other things. Um, 
I've been very lucky in the career that I've had. I said to you before, um, as regards to we finished training at one o'clock and and we had time on our hands. I had money on my hands and there's no secret I used to like a bet and I probably went a little bit bit far on that side of things. Um only and it wasn't it wasn't even it wasn't even because I enjoyed it, it was more to fill time in. Um and I found myself in a situation where it got more and more and, and I'll explain a little bit about my background. Um I lost my dad at six um through um he was an alcoholic, my dad, and that's why he died when I was six. So I actually went um when I left where I got it was when I left it was two thousand and thirteen ish. I actually went and asked for some from help. I said, I'm struggling here uh, as regards to I knew I could see myself it was spiralling out of control a little bit. Uh anyway I went to the the football the PFA and they helped me out and we had a chat and put me in with with some people and we, we got talking and the the end result of it was um, when my dad died I never went to the funeral I was only six Mum thought she was protecting me by not going to the funeral and that I've seen I've got that gene in my dad's that addictive sort of gene but I'd seen that alcohol had killed him so I went for something else and all of a sudden it was like it was filling in sort of filling in a gap and I was told that I hadn't grieved properly and that's the reason I went through what I went through and I'd still been grieving because I wasn't allowed to grieve. So, yeah, I would do things differently. I would, career-wise, I wouldn't change my, fo- my football, being a professional footballer. I'd certainly, I'd certainly change, I should have stood up for myself a little bit more at certain times, especially leaving this club in the first place. I should have maybe been a bit harder and a bit stronger. Um, but I wouldn't have changed being a professional footballer for the world. I got a massive opportunity that some people would lose their arm for. Um, but like I said now, I'm now moving on to these people, these young lads and these other players that hopefully I can help not make the mistakes that I did. Thank you, Richard. And thanks thanks everyone who's, who's asked a question. Do you want to now reveal your 1-11 to 11 and, and tell us why? Obviously, some yeah. York City players in there. I was going to leave the goalkeeper to last, but I've been asked a question. So we'll go with Ingy and Cole. Um the season, the two seasons I had playing with him, you know, we we, we were very successful, and th- some of the saves he made, and as much as we had a we had a laugh and stuff, and he was consistently very good. Um, I've gone for a back four. I've gone for James Meredith at left back, as as much as he was a bit of a space man, he was very very talented and bombing forward, very energetic. He just didn't know what day it was half the time, but that was off the pitch. Uh, Mez, and he again. Gone on to do very good things in the game. Um, first centre half, St- Steve McNulty. People can say about Maka what they want. Um, heavy, overweight, but so, so clever, so tough. He used to have weight. He'd go and touch you as a centre forward and then drop off. So you you thought he was there and he wasn't. Um, hard as nails. Kyle McFasden, the other centre half. Kyle was. He could have played that. We won that league and he had a cigar in his mouth for half the season. He was He was that good and that cool. And I'm, I'm not putting him as a right back. I'm just putting him in my back four. You, you, you can't knock Ty because he was consistently very good and, and very difficult to play against, and a, and a great, great lad as well. A great lad. Um, a midfield four. Uh, Kevin Ellison on the left. Uh, Kev, a great character. Um, still playing at forty-two. Tells its own story. Just 
you knew what you were going to get from him every single week. You knew exactly. He'd chip in with a goal. He was hard. I remember playing up front at Cheltenham as a two four four two, and he went to me, Broad, you just run and score." He said, "I'll wind the two of them up." Anyway, he got sent off after twenty minutes. <laughs> Uh, amid, uh, on the right hand side Martin Wolford uh, Woolley again very gifted could beat a player could score a goal could put a great ball in the box and again gone on to play higher two midfield Jamie Maguire I think I think everyone needs every team needs a Jamie Maguire horrible 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 man horrible person but you would not want to play against him you'd rather have him in your team than against you because if he's not having a good game he would certainly make sure that you weren't having a good game either and then the other centre midfield player is John Oster. Uh, Gary Mills signed John Oster at Gated. And, you know, in training when you, you, you're playing and you ask the goalkeeper to roll you the ball and just, you know, in a five-a-side, John Oster would play Kettering away. And he just went to the to Bart, give us the ball, give us the ball. And he just started dribbling through people. You know, I'm a Sunderland fan. John was a, a legend at Sunderland, brilliant. And my front two, uh, Matt Tubbs and Jamie Vardy. Um, Tubbsy... Again, massive, massive character. Scored goals for fun. Um, a lot with tap-ins, but he just was a fox in the box. He wouldn't do a lot through the game and he wouldn't contribute a lot, but he certainly knew where the back of the net was. And Jamie Vardy, you can't leave him out because England International, what can I say about him apart from, you know, he, he went on to play at the highest level possible. I'm just going to name five subs. And Alex Lawless is... Uh, Alex Lawless, Jamie Milligan... Um, at Fleetwood, left foot one. Anthony Barry, uh, Barry. Anthony Barry was a great footballer. Struggled with his knee. Working for Chelsea now as a coach, and I believe he's um, regarded as one of the top young coaches in the country. Uh, Andy Mangan, Mangi scored goals wherever he's went. And my sub goalkeeper is Scott Davis at Tramia. Um, so that's my eleven that I've played with and five subs. Well, thank you, Richard. I think you're sticking about for a little bit, aren't you? Yeah, to, don't to, mind staying, to kind yeah. of uh, not, not mingle with other people. Um, thank you so much for coming tonight. Um, we've made, raised a lot of money for charity. That's what it was all about. Uh, you know, thank you, Richard, for giving up your time to drive down here today. You know, um, it shows your, your passion for the club is, is obviously immense. In fact, you went to Boone Crescent earlier as well, and you know, 76 goals for York City, absolute club legend, Richard Brody. Can I, can I just thank you all for coming as well? It's you know it means a lot, and you know it's difficult. It's nice to see everyone in a normal environment, and uh, people are a little bit back to normal with COVID and all the restrictions. But it genuinely is a, an honour to play for the club, and it's even more of an honour to, to for you to come and listen to me tonight. So thank you.